0: You've got ideas, you've got ambition, you've got no time, or so you think. I'm Marissa Lonick, and I help busy moms with big dreams and no time. Join me each week as I dive into time management strategies, goal setting and achieving framework, and inspiring guests who are juggling mom life, work life, fill in the blank life. Dreams don't work unless you do, and just because you're a mom doesn't mean you can't still make it happen, whatever it means to you. Welcome to the Mama Work It podcast. Hello. Mamas, welcome back to another amazing episode of the Mama Work It podcast. Today I have Elle Hart on the show and I am so excited to be chatting with her. Elle is an empowerment coach who teaches how to utilize the specific traits that show up as your strengths so that you can lead with those gifts in all areas of life to replace frustration with appreciation and ultimately feel empowered every day. Elle is here to share her experience and perspective on how to navigate through everyday struggles and life changes by becoming more aware of yourself, learning to accept who you are and embrace how you do things best in order to successfully manage relationships with others as well as yourself. Amen. Emotional intelligence accounts for 80% of success in life. I'm going to say that again because I think that is so important. Emotional intelligence accounts for 80% of success in life, yet it is something most of us struggle with on a daily basis. So after feeling lost for so long herself, Elle finally found her route to empowerment and now she shares it with you on how to build your emotional intelligence by strengthening who you are to find yours. Elle. I cannot wait to dive into this topic, help our listeners get the introductory condensed crash course on Emotional Intelligence 101 <laughs> in today's episode. Thank you so much for being
1: here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. So I would love to know just a little bit more about your personal journey, how you became an empowerment coach. Give us your your background here.
1: Yeah. So I... um became a wife and mom while I was still in college. So I was quite young. I was 21 when I had my first child and I went on to have two more. So we had three boys. It turned out that with my first one, even um, in order to work to pay daycare, I wasn't going to actually bring home any money. So I went ahead and finished my degree. I traveled across three states for a full semester every week, back and forth, to finish my degree. But by then, I had loved being home with my son so much that we just figured out a way to make it work, even though we had nothing at the time. (laughs) So I ended up staying home with my kids for 25 years. I loved every minute of it. I did a whole variety of different um, hobby jobs or part-time jobs, uh, daycare, different things to tried to bring in a little extra money and um, try to expand myself a little bit too, but I did lose myself in the process as well of um, my ex's career took over you know everything in the family, my kids' schedules, took over everything that I had, and I really lost touch with myself. I felt like I had swung on a pendulum between. Powerless and powerful. So I didn't have a big, strong sense of self while I was growing up. And that led into willingly giving my power and being dependent on somebody else. It was easier that way, right? Sometimes it just it just is. So I did that for a while. But then when I would get frustrated and feel like I wasn't respected or start to build up some resentments towards different things... Then I would swing the opposite direction and try to be too powerful and take control over everybody else and all external situations. And it wasn't until I realized that I was missing that middle ground of empowerment where I had control and understanding over myself. And it took a huge transformation in life to get to that point.
0: Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that story. I bet bet lots of people listening can relate at some level. As to what you were feeling, whether it was the powerless end of the pendulum or the powerful end of this the pendulum. You know, I think it's hard to find that equilibrium
1: sometimes as as moms. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, it took my whole world coming apart in order for that to happen. So that day after our 25th wedding anniversary, we decided to call it quits. We we couldn't do it anymore. And it also happened to be the same year that I was empty nesting. So I went from being fully immersed and having everybody around me and needing me and different things um, that I was involved in to all of a sudden looking at life completely by myself. And that was a huge... it just it was such a difficult point to be at i had I had no idea where to go from there. I struggled so much with what does this look like for me? I was terrified, but yet I was invigorated at the same time. you know it was kind of exciting too, to think about I get to make my own decisions and not have anybody else's opinion um that I have to worry about um so I ended up. Deciding after taking months of really digging into myself and figuring things out, I packed up the house, sold most of my belongings, and um, I moved across the country to somewhere I didn't know anybody. And I started all over again by myself because I knew if I stayed where I was at, I wasn't going to grow. So I needed to grow. I needed to figure me out. And I needed to be a big girl and do life by myself. And it took moving all the way across the country for me to really be able to do that.
0: Yeah. I've read before that sometimes when you need to ditch a bad habit, and not that this is a bad habit or anything like that, your story, but when you need to like ditch a bad habit or just make a huge change in yourself, an environmental change is a huge catalyst to be able to do that. So it doesn't surprise me that your your move was able to really like propel
1: you forward in that way. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And and it I had a lot of bad habits that I was doing and I knew that not only moving location, but that also was and I think like what you're what you're referring to is it was that mentality change for me, that mindset shift, you know, that perspective of okay. Um I went with two mantras in mind one i 'm going to live in the moment i 'm going to not let the past keep haunting me oh, that 's easier said than done, <laughs> but it was at least in the forefront of my mind, and i 'm not going to worry about what the future entails. What is this going to look like? What am I going to do? Uh, uh, the details will come when they come i 'll figure things out as I need to i 'm going to be in this exact present moment where I am now and Take some time to just learn more about myself, that will unfold where I need to go and what, and and that's exactly what happened as well. And the second mindset shift that I went with is drop expectations, drop trying to meet other people's expectations, and drop trying to have other people meet my expectations. Because, you know, as easy as it is when we go through something like this to point the finger at other people, any type of conflict, whether we're dealing with our our kids, or our spouses, or bosses, or whatever it might be, it's a natural to, to play the blame game, right? And and almost sometimes even feel like you're the victim. But in order for me to not fall into the habit of repeating what I had just been through, I was going to make this big location change. But I didn't want to also just end up backwards in a same type of situation. I needed to learn. What did I do to contribute to things? Where can I make some changes in myself as well? And expectations was one of them for sure. I call myself a recovering control freak.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of moms can relate because it's almost like by default, we make so many of the decisions at home. And then if we're Mm -hmm. working outside the home or even working from home, we're making decisions in business. And then if we're in a relationship, I mean, I don't know about you, but, like, in my home, if I don't plan the date, if I don't plan the the outing, if I don't plan, like, the sitter, I don't necessarily have the time with my husband, right, outside the house. So, like, we are just in charge of so many things. We're wearing so many hats in these spaces that it's almost hard not to be a control freak in a way because by default we have to be in control of all these things. So, right. totally relatable. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a fine line, that's for sure. And we do get caught up then too is defining ourselves by those roles that that you referred to, you know? It's very difficult to say, "Hey, tell me about yourself or who are you or whatever it might be" without immediately launching into I'm a mom. I'm a, you know, whatever your career might be. And, you know, we immediately refer back to those hats that we wear as our definition of ourselves, too. Yeah. And that was something that I I no longer had those hats to wear. I mean, you're always a mom, you know, no matter how old your kids are. But in terms of living my daily life around being a mom wasn't there anymore because they were off doing their own Their own things, living their own lives. It's not your full time job anymore, for sure.
0: Exactly,
1: exactly. Mm -hmm. So i I needed to learn, you know, what that looked like for myself. Yeah. Outside of those roles.
0: Yeah, when you were describing this bit major shift you made, it made me think of, you know, maybe you're coming from like a hustle bustle, crazy, busy type of lifestyle, like living in a big city, like living in Manhattan. And then you become an empty nester, your marriage, you decide to end it, and now you're alone. And it's like you moved to a deserted island by yourself, and you have to like reteach yourself how to live in this way, right? So, exactly. Yeah. So, most of our listeners, I would say, are in that earlier phase right now, right? Like they Mm -hmm. are in that busy, busy ships passing through the night. I don't know if that's what you say, but like, you know, like that type of environment where they are wearing all those right. hats, maybe they're, you know, building their career, building their business, raising their babies, you know, in a marriage or not in a marriage, whatever that is, like juggling all these things. And you know, maybe they want to make a shift like that, maybe they don't. They just want to find like a a peaceful place within all of this chaos. What does empowerment look like for these moms in this season of life?
1: Yeah, so I um, I really, you know, obviously struggled with that when, when I was there. And what I can look back now and see is that we really need to honor ourselves in all of those roles that we play. And one of the ways that I was able to figure out about myself learn more about my emotional intelligence was through the Clifton Strengths assessment. And that's typically, it's it's also referred to as the strength finders, and it's typically used in the corporate setting. But the way that I learned about it was in a personal relationship way. And it made just such a huge difference for me in having a better understanding of myself, and then just also having the vocabulary to be able to explain to other people about the way that I operate. And, and even just the fundamental idea that we're not all meant to be the same. I think with that when we're parenting, especially, and the kids are young and everybody's running around and doing all the different things, and you you might both have careers that are taking your time and energy and everything too, we try to think that we should be always on the same page as each other. Or how do we compromise? Or do things as a united front, you know, and what we need to realize is that, no, we're meant to be and handle things differently from one another. And the more I understand about how I handle things naturally, and the more I understand how you handle things things naturally, then that helps us come to a place of respect with one another. And that will minimize some of that stress then that comes from, well, wait a minute, you're super scheduled all the time. And I like to go with the flow and just things happen as they come. That can be a huge battle right there, especially when you've got kids and everything going on with them. Um, how does that look like with each other then? And a lot of times just having that that first step of that foundation of awareness of it helps so much. Like even the communication strength is, is huge, you know, like maybe one of you, has communication high and you're a big storyteller and you like to talk and share a lot and your partner, whether it's your business partner or your home partner, whatever it might be, has communication low and they don't really want to just chat and share their stories and talk about every single thing that's happening. We really take that personal a lot with each other then, you know, and sometimes our kids don't understand that about us either, you know, and. It helps as a parent to be able to explain to your kids, hey, mommy's like this and and daddy's like this and we're all different and it's okay that we're different. We're supposed to be different. But look at this amazing balance that we bring too for the strengths that are different from one another. And, And you learn to have an understanding then of what that looks like, which leads you into acceptance instead of trying to fight against it and change one another. And then you even get to that place of embracement. Like, you know what? I actually do love that about you. I do love that you're more of a go with the flow, even though I'm really scheduled, because it helps me in certain moments let go and enjoy things I might not have enjoyed if I was sticking to my schedule so, you know, regimently. Um, so it brings about so much connection when we understand each other and ourselves to that level.
0: Yeah. It, it sounds like it just brings you to a more harmonious place, right? Within your household, within your relationships, within your business, within your parenting, like all of it, it can really trickle into all the areas of your life. And it starts, you say, it starts with your own emotional intelligence. So tell us for for, I'm a huge nerd when it comes to this stuff, like when i worked in the corporate world and we had you know the educational stipend like i always spent it on learning about things like this about myself but maybe others aren't so what what is emotional intelligence can you define it for us and then talk to us a little bit more about that strength finder that you said was like a tool to use to get mm-hmm. to get more aware
1: so with studying emotional intelligence i found that i always Tend to put my own spin on things, which actually has to do with my individualization strength as well. Showing up, but I created a six-step framework that I use as a foundation to emotional intelligence, and I refer to it as self-intelligence. And it consists of self-awareness, self-understanding, self-acceptance, self-embracement, self-management, and self-empowerment. So the that awareness piece is quite often we we think we're aware of ourselves because we live with ourselves every day right but we see ourselves through the tainted lenses of the previous judgments and experiences and other people's opinions and our own self-doubts and things like that that sometimes it's hard to really have a clear vision of who we really are and that's where this assessment comes into place it um it's an online through Gallup. It's the CliftonStrengths Assessment, like I said, used to be called Strength Finders. What it does is it ranks 34 traits. Everybody has those traits and uses the traits, but the way it comes back for you is unlike anybody else in the world. So it is completely individualized to who you are and how you do things best. It doesn't tell you what you should or shouldn't do in life, it just tells you how to approach things in a way that best serves you. So what I do is I work with people's top 10 strengths. That's where you shine. That's where you come across as very natural. It's easy for you to handle things in this manner. But unfortunately, many of us drop down into our bottom strengths, particularly the bottom five, they show up sometimes just as often as our top strengths do. But that's where we're Coming in a place of doubt or stress or thinking that we're supposed to be more like somebody else, or again, like I said, thinking you should be on the same page with either you know your other um half with parenting or whatever it might be, and so you're trying to do something that isn't natural to you, and it really just ultimately creates stress internally and often outside too, so when you have that awareness piece from this um, assessment results which is unbiased it's not my opinion on after we've talked for a while on what i think i see in you it's the way you answer these questions and we work from that then and you take those results and we go into a deeper understanding of them okay what does this strength really mean for me you know if i have um futuristic high Obviously, we immediately think, oh, we're all about the future, but there's so much more to it than that. We can't hang on to just the name of the strengths, and the meanings also fluctuate depending on what other strengths happen to be around it as well. So futuristic might look a little bit different if you have a lot of executing strengths around it versus relationship building strengths. So we dive into them at a very personalized level that gives you that understanding. And then the hard part of accepting them, I've had so many, including myself, when I got my results back, my number one strength, I was like, no, (laughs) this is embarrassing. And I don't want this to be my number one strength. But it worked out that it's who I am. And yes, it fit me naturally. I just had to, again, take all those smudges off the lens and forget all the words I had heard in the past from people and their judgments of me, and really lean in and honor myself in the way that I best am suited. And it totally made sense to me then once I did that work of understanding it, and I accepted it. Now, I love it about myself. I really am proud of the fact that I can go out and meet new people very easily and, and so forth. And then comes into the management piece. Okay, just because we understand these things about ourselves, and I know I might have communication high and you might have it low, we still need to learn how to manage ourselves, understand the situation we might be in, who we're dealing with, what time of day it is. You know, Maybe your husband who has communication low, doesn't want to start the day out at 6am with you jumping out of bed, jabbering in his ear nonstop, maybe realize that, hey, maybe after dinner, when everything is settled down, this is the time that I share a little bit more, and I communicate more with with him, and he'll be a little bit more receptive to it. And again, you get to a better respect of each other with it. And that's when you feel empowered, then, is through that process of that's, I have control over me. I understand me. I know how to I know how to do me better and I get more respect and appreciation from people when I show up authentically.
0: Yeah. Oh, I have so many questions from everything you just said. Okay. <laughs> All right. First and foremost, you mentioned about the five things that are like the least on the strength mm-hmm. assessment. And you said a lot of people tend to spend a lot
1: of time there.
0: Why is that?
1: It's our insecurities. I really think that a lot of it is our insecurities. Like, For example, with me, the deliberative strength is low. Well, deliberative is represents overthinking. It represents somebody who really needs to go through a pros and cons list and be very, very sure of themselves before they feel comfortable making a decision. When I overthink and I get in my head too much, I will conjure up all kinds of situations that aren't even happening that I'm letting myself feel stressed about. (laughs) And our bodies, unfortunately, don't know the difference between a real and perceived threat. We're going to respond physiologically the same way to both. So I'm worked up and I'm stressed about something that I'm overthinking and it does not. Do well for me because I have activator high. I'm more about taking action first and learning from it afterwards. That's the way I best handle things. And, you know, all my other top strengths, too empathy. I'm better when I'm feeling more of a connection with you rather than overthinking, oh, what if this person this and what if they that. No, I feel it better. And that's the way I work. But I have clients who deliberative is their number one strength. And they really need to feel more comfortable with going through that process and overthinking something before they feel comfortable making a decision. If they acted the way I do about things and they take that action first and think they're going to learn from it after, it's going to put them in that insecurity tailspin then. And so we just um we need to learn to you know to work within those boundaries of ourselves and I, they just they show up because of everything we hear about from other people, you know if i If I had that client who was my best friend, maybe have deliberative high and she kept telling me how you need to do this and you need to do that, and I'm going to listen to it because we tend to take on information from other people, then that's going to put me in a bad place. That's why with personal development, I'm such a huge fan of listening to so many different gurus out there and thought leaders but we have to put on the like the goggles <laughs> of is this for me or is this not for me because so many times we'll listen to something and we'll think that's amazing advice that sounds like it would really help my world you know feel more peaceful and more calm and have everybody in my family you know work together better and that type of thing and then we realize that Oh, but that doesn't really work for me very well because it's against, you know, it's it pertains more to my bottom strengths. So yeah. it's just yeah. learning.
0: Yeah. Oh. And then you said also like you were disappointed when you found mm-hmm. out what your top strength was. You know, if someone's taking this assessment and gets a similar result where they feel that when they see their top strength, you know, hey, should they just trust this? assessment and be like, okay, I guess it's right. And I've been wrong my whole life. Or like, what's the next step there? Like as far as, you know, when you, if, and when you do feel that.
1: Yeah. Well, Gallup gives you a, a huge report that comes with your assessment results. And honestly, when I took mine, I read the report. And again, like I said, the first strength, I was like, what? And I read through it. Cognitively, I understood it, but it didn't have much of an impact on me. It was once I found a coach who put all the strengths to life, applied them in more of a personalized manner for me, that all of a sudden the light bulbs went off. And I was like, I get it now. I totally understand this and I see it. So um, like, I have a client right now too, who responsibility and restorative came up and she, she worried. She's like, this, this seems to cause problems with my family. This isn't, you know, I, I wish that more of the like influencing relationship building strengths were higher for me because she's more kind of executing and, you know, getting things done the right way. And she's like, I feel like it causes problems. And I, I want to be more like these other strengths instead. No, 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 no. Once we talked about it and I applied them to real situations and and um, scenarios in her life, then again, okay, now I understand it. Yes, it does work out so much better for my family if I go about something from this rather than that. And I'm like, okay, then that's, that's where that acceptance piece comes in. It's just, it's like anything else. It takes work. You know, when we learn a new job or our kids are trying a new sport or whatever it might be. We have to practice. We have to learn. We have to go through trainings and figure things out, and we tend to neglect that about ourselves, and it's such a shame because everything in life is a relationship, whether it's your relationship with other people, your relationship with time, money, food, whatever it is, and every single one of those relationships is based on the one that you have with yourself first, and that's what we tend to neglect the most in life is learning that.
0: Yeah. And and what I heard you say almost is, you know, moral of the story, you work with what you got, right? Like if those are your strengths, embrace them, learn to use them effectively instead of trying to tap into things you wish you were. Yes.
1: Or you think you should be. And that's one of the leading causes for depression and the anxiety is trying to be somebody else that we're not. And living up to either other people's expectations or society's norms, or whatever it might be, thinking that you should you would be better off if you were coming at things from different strengths, and um, it's that's not the case. You know, we just again, it's that judgment of ourself that we place on ourselves. and once we are, learn, once we understand how to lift that, then we can be ourselves without. Um, feeling that that angst. Do you think though you
0: can strengthen other strengths like like skill sets, if you practice them, if you put effort into them, like if you want to be a more empathetic person, but you're not scoring that high on there, can you practice and like you, you know, build that muscle and then score differently if you take the assessment again?
1: You can, but again, you it's like your DNA you are who you are. It's your fingerprint, you know, and we can scrape away skin as much as we want to try to make that fingerprint a little bit different, but it's, it's who you are. And a lot of times it's who you are based on all of your previous experiences you had in life, or just again, like what personality traits you may have inherited from family members or, you know, trauma that was passed down, whatever it might be, who makes... You up for you and your uniqueness. So I tell people don't think of your bottom strengths as weaknesses because we're so trained to think that if we're not good at something, like you said, we should work harder at it to make ourselves better at it. And that doesn't serve anybody well. And eventually you're going to get tired of putting up like that facade of trying to be what you're not. If you have empathy low, that's okay, there's nothing bad about that. Even though we hear all this stuff about how you need to be empathetic and everything, you relate to people and connect with people and understand them on a different level. Um, Like one of my clients has empathy low and he's more about like the executing strengths up top. And I'm like, you relate more cognitively with people and that's how you connect and that's how you help them. And serve them are in those ways, when you try to be empathetic and feel like you're gonna sense their feelings and put yourself in that situation where I really need to be better at this, you might be able to pull it off for a little bit, but then you're probably gonna snap and be like, "I can't anymore. <laughs> Would you just stop? And then it's gonna go the opposite, and it's just it really is gonna blow up, you know eventually. So I do not recommend that. I re- recommend again, These strengths don't limit you in what you you can do. All they do is tell you how you go about it best for yourself and other people around you.
0: Amazing. Okay. Well, thank you so much for all this, Elle. I feel like I learned a ton. I'm sure everybody listening, watching learned a ton. And now what we're going to do is we are going to flip the script and talk about nothing to do with our topic, just some random fun questions so our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Would you call yourself uh, an introvert or an extrovert?
1: Ooh, I, am, I am definitely more extrovert. Okay. I have introvert tendencies, but I'm definitely more extrovert. Got it. What book are you reading right now? I am reading, um, oh my gosh, The Human Element. I read nerdy books about <laughs> no shame, no shame, and yeah. business. <laughs> Nothing no fun shame. and juicy and exciting.
0: <laughs> totally get it. I geek out on nonfiction reads like that too. So I get it. If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Calories don't count chocolate. Good choice. Chocolate
1: everything. Dark chocolate. Yes. Dark yeah. chocolate everything.
0: What if you could have any superpower? What would it be? Oh
1: gosh. I would like to be able to just morph myself to another place. My my kids live far from me and I would love to be able to just snap my fingers, put on my cape and like fly to see them at any moment that I that I want to.
0: Yeah, I love that. And finally, what's one
1: app you cannot live without? Um I just started, so I'm not quite sure if I can live without it or not. I think it's called me and it's it's actually Wall Pilates and there's these quick workouts that you do in the morning and they have different music to each of them. Some of them are like 9 minutes, some of them are 30 minutes, and it's just quick easy way to get my body stretched and moving in a very small spot. And I, I'm really loving that right now.
0: Love that. Yeah, that sounds super effective and flexible and making you healthy. Cool. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, before we wrap up today's episode, can you just tell our listeners quickly where they can find you after the show?
1: Yeah, I'm at com, and you can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. And I also have a podcast on Spotify, feel empowered every day.
0: Amazing. Well, we will link everything in the show notes. We appreciate your time. Elle. appreciate all your wisdom shared today. And thank you for being a guest.
1: Thank you. I had so much fun talking with you.
0: You've been listening to the mama work It podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and would love if you could take a quick minute to leave me a review on whichever platform you're listening from, and maybe even send a note to a fellow mama friend recommending it. Reviews and recs help this podcast grow and reach more like-minded, awesome moms. And if you haven't subscribed yet, don't forget to click that button so we can stay in touch, girl. By the way, If you haven't checked out the Mama Work It website, please do. There are lots of free resources and great articles there that can help you with the juggle of work life, mom life, wife life, fill in the blank life. So head on over. Thanks again for being part of the tribe. I'll see you soon. But in the meantime, keep on working it, Mama.